Observe the form. Yes. Oh, good idea. So what do we do with forms? We have all kinds of forms. We have forms in the Zendo, forms in the monastery. You have forms at home when you're fixing breakfast, forms when you, you probably, if you're brushing your teeth, if you do such a thing. Uh, you have a certain way. You probably do it the same way every time. And you probably are not observing that form. You're probably observing your daydream or your memory of what you dreamt about last night, so on and so forth. So we tend to be uh, caught by the form. We tend to be uh, not just necessarily the one we're doing. We're caught by other forms, the form of the, the, the mind takes when it is trying to um, defend itself, support itself, protect itself. So when I say observe the form, what I'm encouraging everyone to do is just watch what moves, or watch what's still, or just just observe that without any particular addition to it. You hear me talk about this over and over again. Why do I do that? Because it's very simple, but it's also easy to just ignore that whole situation and continue to uh, be caught by forms, caught by the forms that we're not actually practicing. They're forms of confusion, whoops, forms of confusion and forms of... Uh, my arthritis sometimes uh, doesn't cooperate. Thank you. <clears throat> so very much right in the middle of anything you're doing, uh, something else will come along, and it's almost like something else comes along and says, nope, you're not going to be able to do that. You're going to have to do this. Just like that. I'm doing something as simple as... Uh, taking this form and setting my coffee cup down and my my hand, uh, my uh, wrist uh, hurts. And so drop my hand slightly, spill some coffee, uh, and that changes the whole dynamic. There's no way you can predict any of that. I'm not saying there are some ways you can. But. So just to observe that is to uh, see that and do as little whoops as possible. I think I said whoops, didn't I? Did I say it in Sanskrit? But I say, you know, something like that, and there's some kind of impulsive or, or a, 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 what we call a reaction to something. Something happens and we react, and that was my reaction. Uh, do as little as possible of that. Quite often, what, uh, we're doing this, we're following this form, we're fixing breakfast, and, uh, and the, the, uh, uh, there's a, a noise in the, in the basement or in the back door, and that changes everything. Then we have to switch from one form to the other. And quite often at the same time we're switching from one form to another, our mind gets full of all kinds of discursive thoughts about this, about that, about what should happen, who that might be at that back door, and so on. So we get flooded by that. Uh, we begin to get hooked by the objects that we believe in. We get hooked by the subject, who this, happen who this is happening to, who's seeing this, who's, who I am. I am the person who is lives here, or who I'm the person who is practicing. I'm the person who is about to meditate, sit down and meditate. And then also uh, we, go, we get hooked by the very movement that is happening, uh, you could say, between the subject and the object, all the movements that are happening. It is about observing that, because that by observing that, by observing the forms, the way they're going on spontaneously and even impulsively or uh, um, reactively, there's also the forms that we set up, which one of those forms would be, uh, if you're coming, if you're practicing here at the monastery, you would come in and and you would, uh, uh, if you've been taught how to offer uh, uh, incense to the altar and so on, there's a particular prescribed way that you're taught, but it's the whole idea of correct and incorrect is missing missing the intention of the form, at least as I understand it. I'm not saying if you went to Japan, you know, they wouldn't swat you every time you made a mistake. They might, but that's a different kind of culture there. And a lot of that is coming out of the culture rather than rather than the uh, uh, traditional teachings of the Buddha. And this seems to be, as a Buddhism, whatever, whatever culture it goes into, it tends to, to kind of blend or uh, immerse itself or uh, absorb or spread out in whatever the cultural context that it finds. And uh, that being said, it's also connecting up with all of the bias 
and, and for that matter, open-mindedness or receptiveness of the, the people in that particular culture, in that milieu. So you're never going to get a pure anything as long as you're looking for right and wrong, up and down, back and forth, and so on. So observe. If you are in a, in, a, in a state of observing things, which means you're giving everything your attention, and you're whatever's showing up, you're receiving it. If you just receive, then all of the causes and conditions that, excuse me, get so very complicated, uh, the, that, that part of the 548 things that are happening simultaneously everywhere all the time in your mind, so-called, outside of your mind, so-called, uh, the very area that you need to see in order to, you could say, progress on the path or to, to uh, have an actual spiritual life uh, will be seen. And sometimes it, what shows up in there, you might have blocked out uh, because of your uh, fear, might have blocked out because of your uh, intention to have your mind show up in a different way. But if you just receive, then the maybe uh, very terrible things will start to show up. Why? Because you're ready to receive it. You're, you're actually you're there and you're with the form that is showing up, so there's no warfare with that. I sometimes say, live your, live your life, don't miss your life. So don't, don't live a life where you've shut down a whole bunch of things so you never get threatened by anything, you never have a difficult feeling. You don't have any. If, you, if you're in this monastery, if you're a student of mine, if you're practicing this and you've been practicing for a while, you're in for it on some level, and you should be. Uh, when I'm saying in for it, I'm just saying you're you're here because you really want to. You're sincere. You really want to understand who you are, what it is to be a human being, what what life is actually about, rather than uh, come up with it ideas or opinions of right and wrong or a correct form, incorrect form. Even when we come right down to to teaching someone the form. I'm very, very specific about the way I teach the form to people like the Eno or any of the other monks that are here, anyone who's uh, practicing forms or teaching others forms to be very careful not to um, uh, get some kind of authority over the person that you're teaching. You can't have a, a really good student without a really good teacher and the teacher to be a really good teacher has to be a student. Always receiving. Yes, always receiving. What is the authority dynamic regarding you as the teacher and the guide of this monastery and the students? Very good. Uh, I don't have any authority. Any any authority I have, I sit up here and take some <coughs> some part of the Buddha's Dharma that I have, have uh, that has helped me or I understand and I present. If people hang around and listen, then apparently what I'm saying means something to them. Uh, if they leave, uh, they leave. So, I mean, simply put, so any authority I get, I actually get from students. But I, I don't, but I don't require, I'm not functioning like, uh, like they did in, in Japan in the 13th century or Tibet or any other place. That kind of authority is, it's a misunderstanding. It might have been good in that culture, in that situation, but in our situation, uh, it just doesn't work so well. Go ahead. What's the um, natural type of authority that seems necessary for this to, to just function? So we have, we're, it's a monastery, we have monks, and we have a, 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 the leading a person who leads, and, uh, and then that person, uh, with the permission of the other people, people, no one's, this is not a cult, no one's here made to stay here. People come and go. So the, the authority uh, comes out of the forms, out of uh, and out of the desire or wish for someone to train their mind and understand deeply who they are and what the world is and what, do, what all, all of these emotions and feelings that come and go and that sometimes take us over and sometimes take us down into dark, deep, uh, hellish places. And so you want to know about that? Uh, talk to somebody who's been there. I make no claims. I'm just saying that I couldn't teach this unless I, un unless if you were bringing me, uh, any student was bringing me things that, that confused me or that I didn't understand, then I'd try to fix them. But any of you notice I don't try to fix anybody, much to your dismay, perhaps. I, I want you to see who you are. I want you to see. I want you to be aware of what this is. 
I don't want to, you know, uh, correct something or fix you or uh, put paint you a different color. More. Um, yesterday you were talking about wisdom and confusion and how um, feeling confused is the wisdom. And just now you said that if you were confused about what we said that you would try to fix us. Could you say what in the confusion that is wisdom and the confusion that leads to fixing? The confusion that is wisdom is respected. In other words, it's uh, when I say respect, it's not me don't meddle with the confusion and try to uh, seal it up, close this part down, uh, uh, lower the volume on this, or something like that. And then the other kind of confusion is what was what? What was the other confusion? When you try to fix somebody, I I don't. As far as I know, I don't. I, I guess I was asking about you had just said that if you were confused about what we were bringing to you as our mm -hmm. teacher, that you would try to fix us. Mm -hmm. And yesterday the contrast was that when you feel confused, that is wisdom. Well, and this is true with me or with anyone. It just depends on what you add to it. If you think, if you have the confusion and you do something else with it, like even say, I'm confused. If, if, you, if you're separating things out in your mind and thinking they're, uh, and adding to it. It's not that you don't feel really terrible for 20 minutes. It's not that you don't feel really good for 20 minutes. That's going to happen. Being a living being, you're going to experience that. But if, uh, if you do anything with that, then, then that uh, covers up the confusion. You might feel a little bit better, but you've, you've, just, uh, uh, you've just left class, to use the, the teaching, uh, learning uh, metaphor. You've just, you've just abandoned <coughs> your, your, your learning by shutting down. More? When I was wondering, going back to the authority situation, if that's a natural and mutual authority that arises, is it appropriate for the student to ever push back or resist? It's certainly uh, appropriate. I mean, uh, you, you, it depends on how you're asking me. I mean, to, just to deliberately fight or well, just... sometimes um, you say something along the lines of, if you're not going to practice what I'm presenting, then maybe I should go home, or maybe you should I do. find somewhere else to practice. I do. And I'm just wondering about that dynamic of the teacher presents something, practice this, um, starting to like verge on faith, like how much skepticism or... Skepticism can always be there. Just uh, don't believe your thoughts. Don't don't necessarily I and mean, don't shut it down. But don't disbelieve it or shut it down or say oh, I shouldn't think that. Uh, you know I just have to. Don't convince yourself. Sell you sell yourself no bill of goods about anything. Oh I just it's it's Sokazan, so I have to do what he says. I have to believe what he says. No, that's when you should ask me about it. What about this? This this doesn't seem workable. And then you know then I may say I don't know what I'll say. It depends on what you bring. But yeah, you, it should be. There should be a teaching and learning situation, and when when required, there could be a conversation about it, but as little as possible. No, no, not too much discussion. We discuss in a study group. It's a very formal, uh, very structural situation where we're endeavoring to learn what things are pointing to using traditional uh, structures down through the centuries that come to us. So I think you you would be good. To, you know, you're a close student of mine. You would be. Uh, you, you, you always, if there's anything that you have a consideration about, you bring it up to me. Do I resist that, or do I order you around? So how would it look to you? It's just coming back to sometimes I just have to give you the benefit of the doubt. And, yeah. And do it anyway so I can see what it is. Okay. So I sang something to you yesterday, and you got a big kick out of that. Do you remember that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. How'd that show up for you? I didn't start laughing until you did, because I wasn't sure what to make of it. I like that. <laughs> I didn't start laughing until you did. I'm not a good singer. You don't want to hear this, and I'm not about to burden you with singing. But he's a student of mine. <laughs> Uh, it's always about awareness. It's never about accomplishing a damn thing. Remember that. Write it down. There's nothing to accomplish. That's some, that's a that's a mundane path. 
It's about getting better at the violin, better at cutting hair, better at investing, better at being an attorney. I mean, please, in that area, keep going. Be, be as good as you can, but when it comes to the sitting practice, just receive, just observe, whatever happens. Uh, no matter how terrible, no matter how wonderful, do nothing extra with it. And if you are listening to this, either uh, on YouTube or uh, in here, and you, you disagree, there's uh, ways you can handle that. You can just <laughs> don't listen anymore, go somewhere else which I'm not chasing you away, or you can you can bring it up, you can talk to me. Have some guts. You said the authority comes from the forms. Do we have to maintain the forms? If you're maintaining forms, then that's a misunderstanding. That this doesn't mean that if uh, if we if you're taught how to do a particular form, just like sitting meditation, sit down, hold still, watch what moves. That's a very strong form. Uh, but your particular way of working with that might be different than, than anyone else and probably will be. So there's a little bit of maintenance going there. Even the even the basic teaching of, of Buddha Dharma is uh, uh, not too tight, not too loose, or the middle way. You know, find some kind of equilibrium, and that equilibrium will be totally different for you than it is for, for Seto or Chazan or anyone else, or for me. So, But to, to do that with the awareness and not panic and try to grab onto things because you're starting to feel a little... Uh, you know, too loose or something. More? Good question. Just wondering, does authority come out of attaching to some kind of outcome? Like that the forms will lead us to somewhere? Sure, could. More? On the subtle on a subtle level, are we doing that with the intention to help people? Yeah, we, we have to intend some. We have to start out somewhere. So we start out uh, being who we are and trying to help ourselves uh, to clear our own uh, situation up, to understand more deeply who we are and how the whole passion, aggression, and ignorance works on a, on a provisional level, on a fundamental level. And then we, insofar as we can, depending on who who's working with it. Some people actually have careers and jobs that have uh, that every day they go in and help others. <coughs> Every day, their 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 job depends on that. So they've it's just kind of a setup. They have to do that. So they might. Uh, That's why it's so. Uh, I feel that it's very important not to set up some kind of protocol that people need to obey or need to do. Just like in the monastery, if you live at the monastery, you're you're required to observe, <coughs> which in a certain sense means follow uh, the forms. But if your own situation. Uh, takes you a different direction, it's just, then it's about a communication. Just make sure that uh, people who are trying to facilitate everything and pull this string and let go of that string are, have as much information as they need so that they can better uh, facilitate, coordinate, balance, bring some equilibrium into a, a situation that's quite often chaotic just based on people's hopes and fears that are coming and going and ramping up and people people's reaction to this. and uh, it's, You know what I'm talking about in that area. So as much as you can, just observe. And let, let the form, just uh, do the form, just practice the form. Come in, sit down, no, no math. Sit down, hold still, and watch what moves. You. How do we bring um, equilibrium with no math? Pardon me? With no math, how do we bring equilibrium? Uh, Stop doing math. You don't, you don't have to bring equilibrium. If you're creating equilibrium, what's it going to do? It's going to fall apart. Equilibrium is already the case. Just don't, don't push it, don't pull it, don't do anything with it at all. It's already there. And our tradition is called a Buddha nature or Tathagatagarbha. It's already the case. Uh, the, the metaphor would be more like uncovering it. Buddha in the palm of your hand, the, the roots of a lotus, uh, all, all the other metaphors that are, that are used to uh, uh, try to show the, the balance that's going on in uh, uh, awakening or understanding, deep understanding of what this is. More? When um, you spilled your coffee in the 
you said have as little reaction as possible. Um, how is having little reaction equilibrium? How is it what? How does that does that feed yeah, equilibrium? Yes. Yeah. So what you're doing is you're because you've been practicing because you're doing this when this happens, uh, or when you when you go to uh, put. Uh, uh, shake uh, the bring the incense stick down to put out the flame in the incense before you offer it to the altar. You know if your incense stick breaks, that's a quite often will happen to people, especially if they're not used to doing it. Then you just observe it. You don't you don't add anything like I said. I think I said whoops or shucks probably something like that. You don't add anything to it. Uh, but but if you do add something to it, then you just you don't you don't follow that uh, that up with oh darn I shouldn't add anything to it. So it's a, it's a very easy, th you'll notice that there's actual layers of trying to be somebody who's correct. And they're very, very subtle. And the more you practice sitting meditation, the more you will be, it'll feel like an embarrassment because you realize what a fool you are. Uh, you, and and there, 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 can only, there can only be a fool if there's uh, some kind of someone who is, who is the fool. And at some point there isn't any. You just see that there there never was anything. But it might the the path leading to that might be feel like being foolish, might feel like being wrong, it might feel like failure, it might feel like disappointment. So and and a little a little bit different for everyone probably. So the important thing is uh, when this happens, uh, don't don't do anything extra. You know, sometimes someone might do this and they would immediately run into an explanation of why that happened like I did. Well, I have arthritis. So I was doing the very thing I'm talking about. It's not about preventing that. It's about seeing that and giving, uh, allowing as much space around that excuse me, as possible. So, so that it's, about, it's about the awareness of what's rising in, the, in, the, in that space rather than the form being correct or incorrect or you're doing something right or wrong. Question from Zach it says, "Can we observe suffering as a form, and how?" Yes, uh, not sure exactly where uh, where Zach is coming, where you're coming from, Zach. But if you're if you're doing it in your uh, in your lawn chair, uh, it might show up a little bit different uh, sitting out there uh, watching the clouds go by than it would be sitting on the cushion facing the wall. But in in any case, it would be uh, don't add anything to it. Whatever's happening, uh, it, it's like a willingness. Uh, we kind of do that with the weather because it's it already is. We don't really take. Does anybody here take the weather personally? Like, I've just about had this this weather situation. I mean, what are you going to do about it? Can you impeach the weather? Yeah. Probably not. So you would watch the form that arises in, in, and that the label of suffering is actually extra to actually uh, leave what is what the texture of what's happening, which is probably you know razor blades or, or abrasions of some kind to, to the, the nerve endings of the they're uh, in, in the consciousness or in the seventh consciousness or the eighth or the sixth or wherever it may be or in or in your eyeball uh, to do do nothing extra with it. So it takes practice. We we need to practice, and part of the practice means including, in other words, not objecting to it, not fretting about it. How we can't do that. How, that's that's what it feels like to be a student. I'm sure you've noticed if you uh, if you remember when you were seven or eight and you were learning how to ride a bike. The, the, one of the first experiences you have is how you can't ride a bike, and you know. And then there's that feeling. Well, I can't ride a bike, so I'm not going to do that. But people do that. They they actually. Well, I can't do that. Well, have you tried to do that, or have you? Yeah. It's not coming out of experience. It's coming out of uh, just enough experience to know that it doesn't feel good to fall over. So. And you know, metaphors are just that. They're, they're, you know, metaphors. They're not the real thing. So we, we do the best we can to use a metaphor to show show how something is functioning uh, as clearly as possible without uh, justifying, validating, or excusing anything. A question from Oscar in Houston. Oscar. 
He asks, is the act of observing form any different from mindfulness that is taught by other schools? It appears to be the same to me, but I was wondering if I were missing a subtlety. So I, I don't know if you're missing a subtlety, but uh, the, the, the mindfulness that, that happens in uh, uh, sitting meditation where you're, where you're practicing uh, mindfulness, or, uh, there's several different forms of this. There's the Vipassana forms where you're actually scanning and so on. You have your eyes closed so you can more concentrate on the movement. If you have your eyes open, it's more like, you know, anything can show up. And the sense of, sense of seeing is much more supportive of our imputation or our understanding that everything is separate because it's over there. But as soon as we close our eyes, everything becomes more and more intimate. And when it's more and more intimate, we're able to actually work with that in such a way. Some of what is happening in the mindfulness practice, uh, um, and I'm, if I'm understanding your uh, question, Bhaskar, is that, is that we're trying, using mindfulness, we're trying to calm down. We're trying to use what we're doing with our mind, and we're using structures and, and forms to actually soothe uh, the, the mind so it calms down or so it's more stable. And so um, I'm not against that. That may be what you need to do. Anybody that's listening, if there's anybody else listening at all, you may need to do that. I'm not going to argue with you about it. I would let you decide. If you're here, then you're listening to me, then give me the benefit of the doubt. I'll tell you what to do based on 45 years of doing other stuff. So, experience. So I would say there's, uh, the way I teach this is to, is to get, how would I say it, give you, know, give you the benefit of the doubt by saying, what I'm saying is the instruction is sit down and hold still. Even if you can only hold still for eight minutes, then then go ahead and move. If you need to relax, then go back to holding still again. Because when you hold very still without being rigid, you see more clearly through a kind of contrast anything that's moving. And watching what's moving, eventually that will reveal that everything is dependently risen. That there that even the things that you're looking at moving, coming and going, if you don't add in, if you don't join in the circus, you know, just stay off stage. Just watch what's moving. And don't don't get sucked in particularly. And if you do, then just be, observe being sucked in. So I would say that when someone someone is practicing shikantaza the way I endeavor to teach it, is uh, if you find yourself uh, watch what moves, you find yourself following your breath the whole period. Follow the breath. If you find yourself following the breath for three weeks, I, I don't mind. Follow what moves. That's moving. Then, but the way I. Uh, what I encourage is whatever is moving. It's a little harder to just uh, do that with the thought patterns, with the the, um, the klesha mind, which is always erupting in, in uh, uh, discursive thought about this. That shouldn't happen. That shouldn't happen. I shouldn't do this. I don't need to do that anymore. That should stop. I had just about enough of. You know what I'm saying? We all go through that on some level, or maybe I'm the only one. Uh, so and I would say that it's about awareness of those forms. So working with the actual forms themselves, rather than trying to make things be more clear, make things be more peaceful. Don't go to war with war. Watch the war. Just watch the war. Everyone has a different kind of warfare. And so I'm not saying that, uh, that a kind of mindfulness couldn't help you, but it, but you should be the one who, in, on your sitting on your butt on the, on the cushion, looking at the wall, you should be the one who decides if you want to close your eyes and go into that kind of a technique. That's why I don't have scheduled walking meditation once in a while, but usually that's up to you to get up and walk. I want you to awaken. I don't want you to obey things. I, I want to help you see who you are fundamentally rather than be a good meditator, be a good uh, whatever. Sometimes you talk about saying, what is this? What's in front of us? Can that be a step away from what's in front of us? Not particularly. I mean, it, sure, it could be. Anything. It could be a red fire truck. It could be. It's not. It's just that. Just a, if you wanna if you wanna do something with the thought process, then ask the question, what is this? So it's a way of taking the thought process that is quite often supportive of the self-centered of the ego mind and saying, Oh, well, you know, I got another job for you. It's like come over here and just say, Well, question this, question this, question what that is. And then whatever happens, don't settle. Because if something comes as a as uh, it's this, or if something comes as it's because of this, because of that, then uh, then say, well, what's that? So layer after layer after layer, 
stay with, don't don't settle for some kind of response that shows up unless it shows up and nothing else happens more adding a question to the entire situation? <clears throat> well, we can't help but add. There's no way you're going to be come out of the meditation hall say, I spent the whole hour in there and didn't add anything. <laughs> I don't know who to tell. Come and tell me that. So yeah, you're going to do a little bit of adding. We're not trying to stop that. When I say don't add, I know you can't stop adding. If I can't stop adding, you're probably going to have a little bit harder time with it than me. It's about being aware of it. So when I say stop adding, I know you'll go to see how you add. You'll be aware of how you add. So what, what we're looking for here is to, you could say, and not that it needs any power, but empower the awareness to actually see what is true. There is no, there's no, there, there is no one. There, there's no solid being anywhere. Sure, sure looks like it, doesn't it? It looks like there is, but there isn't. There, there are no... There are no practitioners. There's no. There's no Buddha. This this is shown up in in the relative situations so that we can learn, so that we don't continue to swirl around in in uh, one of the six realms: the hell, hell realm, animal realm, hungry ghost realm, human realm, asura loka, or the god realm, or any aspect of the god realm. We, so we don't keep going around and around and around. So we find out what this is. Good question, though. So, because you're taking what I've said and, and chasing me with it a little bit. So, so didn't you say don't add? Isn't that adding? <laughs> and of course, it's, there's some adding, but that excuse me, that you can watch that adding. We can't as long as there's a as long as we're embodied, we're probably going to continue to push and pull, and object and agree with so but but there's there's um it's, it's difficult to take concepts and and point to something without using concepts that further tie you into the concepts which the downside of that is you're tied into concepts but the upside of that is the very thing you're pointing out is not separate from concepts but it's not just the concept this is called buddha nature Read the Utra Tantra backwards. Start at the back and read towards the front. Just a suggestion. Joseph. You said earlier that there's, a, there's cultural differences in the roots of Buddhism in Japan. Mm -hmm. um, in my uh, training for education, we're encouraged to uh, form uh, student-led mm -hmm. uh, classrooms. A facilitator. Is there, uh, you know, we live in a place that idealizes democracy. Is there, is there uh, an evolution in Buddhism here that's, I don't know, that toward democracy or towards student-led practice? Some. As long as there's people trying to study, then uh, you know, there's going to be some of that happening. But we don't vote. If you only vote if uh, if you're uh, reinforcing people's opinions and you're validating an opinion, then then you might need to vote. But that's that's democracy. Could you say a little bit more about that? Ask me a question about it. Uh, what is it? What is it about voting that's reinforcing other people's opinions? Because there's the, the belief or the imputation that some things are right and things some things are wrong. And it's not that there isn't a dangerous and unhealthy and problematic and healthy and uplifted and sane. I'm not saying that. But if you do it with opinions, you'll get snagged. I, I have people who are students of mine who are, who are very confused in this area. Not many. I have some. Are you a student of mine? Somewhat. Well, I rest my case. How many somewhat students do I have here? Do I have any other somewhat of a student? It's not sarcasm, it might sound like it, but it's not. 
So that's a good question, though, around the idea of democracy. That's why we, it's, uh, I think the, uh, the way to work with it, uh, it might be difficult if you've got millions of people to get some kind of a consensus about it. So we're, and, and consensus means uh, if someone disagrees with uh, what the other five people are doing, and there's two people who don't agree with what the way the ship is sailing, then we would talk to the people and try to try to understand how they came to their idea about that. In other words, communication, communication, lots of communication, which doesn't mean uh, um, uh, just sharing opinions. It means communicate deeply about if someone has a, an idea or a, maybe call it a prejudice or an opinion about something. Let's let's bring that out so we can we can. The way I talk about a communication, uh, cooperation, collaboration, if you don't, you, there's no way you can collaborate, cooperate without a lot of communication. So you're really clear about the way that other person is receiving. That's why we, uh, I encourage two people having a disagreement, I encourage them to sit down, hold still, and look at each other for a few minutes. Bow, do some kind of a form that, that shows up as respecting someone, you're respecting it's a mutual situation we're here together um, and we're going to uh, look deeper into this situation when you've got millions of people I'm not sure how that works in my classroom we do fist bumps you do fist bumps mm -hmm. oh. is that kind of like this kind of yeah except it's a fist <laughs> <laughs> which is like a little bit more macho yes Mayun has a question Mayun is curiosity arising when observing the form in addition? No. No, curiosity is, uh, is, uh, is inquiring. It's how it feels to want to, want to know more about whatever is arising. So that's, that's uh, uh, the only other animal that really has that besides humans are cats. It's because they're hungry, <laughs> probably. So yes, no curiosity is very it's very good about how about what what it's it's a way that takes us in uh, into the situation with more questioning. Uh, that, that doesn't have any uh, motivation necessarily, other than just curious about how that works or what that is or what what the, what's the holding that up or what is supporting that or what why is it it's that color or that shape or why is it moving in that direction? What what is that? Some kind of curiosity about it. Earlier, you mentioned something about getting sucked into a situation, like saying whoops or, um, or maybe um, cussing at someone who cuts you off in traffic. Mm -hmm. Is it always getting sucked into it? Are you asking me if the response of whoops or the response of uh, uh, damn you, something like that is... Uh, is uh, always getting sucked in. Mm -hmm. um, it, it depends on the awareness. It, it depends on how much uh, how much uh, validation of your feeling, your emotion, how much validation of whatever negativity is coming up in response to something that is being validated. How much extra? So, if, if the awareness is uh, if the awareness is just as strong as the the whoops or just as wrong, strong as that, then probably not getting sucked in, but just well aware of, uh, of how frail your self-centeredness is to, uh, to things coming out of nowhere. You'll, you'll, uh, you'll notice, uh, if you're a meditator especially, maybe if you're not, but you'll notice that there are times when things, when you're so present that even if something comes out of left field, so to speak, use that metaphor, you're not you're not surprised by it. One of the ways that you can notice it if you're the if you're the doll on the timekeeper uh, and it's the end of the sitting period and you have seven or eight people all sitting here and you strike the bell and one person jumps, that person was you could say just a way of talking about it. You could say that that person actually was not really present. They were in a daydream about something and they were shocked out of it by some other situation. So I'm in a daydream as I reach for the coffee cup, and that daydream is I'm reaching for the, I'm not saying it, but I'm reaching for the coffee cup, and the, the built-in, you could say, the expectation that I'm going to grasp it, and it's going to remain in place, and I'm going to pick it up. 
if I reach over and it turns into a, a ground squirrel, uh, I'm probably not going to say whoops. I'm probably going to say, what would I say? What are you doing? <laughs> What's up? What you do with my coffee? <laughs> I'm just saying that the, the causes and conditions are so very subtle, sneaky, that, that there's no way you can... Uh, you can track it down and be sure of what's actually happening. But what you can do is you can watch the forms arise in the space. Don't add to them. Don't subtract for them, from them. Don't do anything. And be willing to be the person who says that. So I'm not saying you shouldn't do it. I'm saying be aware of that if that's what you're asking me. Are you trying to get permission to swear at people in traffic? Or? No, I've already given myself that permission. Yeah. Do you swear or do you actually just, just yell? I mean, you just go, ah. Oh, it's more of a structure than in the form of words, sharp pointed words. Yeah. If you had a gun, would you shoot him? No, I don't know. I like that. <laughs> that's that's even better. So, so can likes that too. Well, I've read Wither. Is the awareness training necessary to see proportional to the karmic predisposition or habitual tendencies for that to come out like it's hardwired? If I understand your question, uh, I think I do, but uh, I would say I, I don't know how, I don't know of another way, I, I, so I'm not really knowledgeable about maybe other ways of doing it. I only know about this, and it, and it looks like you need to, at least from my confusion that, that I was born with and still have, that confusion, in order to really understand what that is, uh, I need to sit down, hold still, and stop making up stuff. Sit down, hold still, and stop adding on. Sit down, hold still, and stop judging myself. Sit down, hold still, and stop inventing anything. I had to do it, and I had to do it a lot. I didn't count up how many hours, but a lot of hours. Why are you smiling? Is that funny? I don't know. <laughs> Did it feel like I was attacking you? Not really. Well, I was. So, uh, it seems like, I'm not saying there isn't another way, but it seems like it's really necessary to just continue to look and look and look look at what it is without changing it, without trying to improve. The whole improvement idea is uh, we need a little bit of that. We need a little bit of sitting for uh, years and years of, of things clearing up. But you're always yourself. When I say yourself, that, that is not a solid situation. So whatever you are, whatever this is, which the teachings will tell you what you are, but you need to find it for yourself. Something that's extra for one person, not extra for another person. Give me an example. Like cussing in traffic. If I were to do that, it would be a whole lot of adding on that doesn't show up for me. You don't cuss in traffic, but that's of course you've never you don't really know what the experience of anger is yet, do you? Didn't say that. <laughs> no, I did. Do you? Have you been mad at me? I'm not doing my job. <laughs> do I need to be mad at you? Did I say that? No. Anything else? How's your robe coming? <laughs> Slowly. Slowly. Are you starting to slow down more and more? <laughs> <laughs> I had to do the same stitch four times in a row the other day. That's because of your sewing teacher. That's because I kept looking it up. Oh. You kept messing it up. Yes. Yes, JD. Yeah, is there anything we can do that before we get into the craving and kind of cease even starting the craving? Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I do. I do know what you mean. And I, my understanding is a, a, a lot of sitting meditation. I, you know, I, I know I'm always saying to sit more, but it seems to be that if you 
you strengthen the observer, not that there's parts to it necessarily, the observing part, not the reaching and pushing and pulling and, and asking for this and, and arguing with that or disagreeing or uh, fluffing up opinions and ideas, but in, increase the ability to just watch the movement. We do that by holding very still and watch the movement of our consciousness. That's the place where you actually practice because eventually when you get up off the cushion later, uh, the world is just uh, is just your mind in, in three dimensions. Still, still your mind. You're still looking at your projections. You, you, we can't. You can't. If you see the, you can't actually see the world. Now, how do you say that without? Because uh, the whole uh, materialism of the world will argue with you and will show you proof why yes you can. Because there are bad people and good people, and there are successes and failures, and there are people millionaires and people who are starving and have no food. So there's all kinds of contrast. But uh, my basic response is just sit more, hold still more, and watch what the mind keeps. Uh, watch the the craving part in the mind itself before that, before it hooks up to the vocal cords or to the, your reaching. Before you reach, sit and watch the impulse. It's called perception impulse. That's the third scan. Third scan is a perception, then we have an impulse about it. Third, third scan. Sometimes I'm dyslexic. So then, so then you're naturally detached without trying to be detached? Yeah, the deta if, you, if, if you're trying to detach, if you're trying to detach, you're just, you're just uh, creating a, a detacher who will slowly get credentials for being very detached and will compare themselves to other people who aren't so detached and will think, they might not say it, they might look incredibly humble, but in their mind they're thinking, oh, I got this. I've had actually people come in the hojo and, and tell me. I said, how are you doing? Said, I got this. Really? <laughs> I got this. They're not here anymore. They're gone. They're somewhere because they got it, probably. So, but anyway, um, the, the, the encouragement is just continue to practice continue, and continue to look at the craving uh, in a situation where you're not, where you haven't got your fingers in the, in the cookie jar. When you're actually just watching it, just in, in, in its raw form, it's like watching the script before you get on stage. So read that over and watch that, and see where, uh, so you can see the way you do it. And then when it comes up, you won't have to use some kind of uh, belief or some kind of obeying something. You'll just—it's uh, like um, the metaphors used way before I got here. If you really see what it is you're doing, uh, you don't need to control yourself. It'll show up more as the metaphor if you're not going to stick your hand in a blazing fire. Because to, to continue the way we're, the human beings are going, uh, it's not going to be good. So the idea is just to see the way you reach out for something else, something else, something else. Train your mind. Find out who you are. So there's no doubt. Yes? Another question from Zach. How do you deal with the fear of no self? Can no self manifest negativity within the inexperience? Uh, just <clears throat> without having without having some interaction around how that's showing up just the question itself i would say just sit more the, the the downside is the fear but the upside of that is if you're having fear around that then your meditation is probably doing its job you're actually starting to see the that the the self is a collection is a discontinuous and and doesn't have any um doesn't have any solid uh, core to it uh, this is not just a, not just Buddhism, but there's philosophers down through the centuries that have, have seen this, that have studied and looked at the mind closely. I think David Hume was one of them, 16th century philosopher, talked about their not being uh, more like a discontinuous identity. It's a, it's a, he called it a bundle of, of traits and ideas and perceptions and so on. So the idea of looking at that without fixing it, the idea of looking at that without giving yourself any kind of lecture, uh, eventually you will actually see that it's that it will come apart, but you won't go anywhere. Your idea about the situation will come apart. Or not. Anymore? Anything else? Michael, you have a question? Chisholm? 
Uh oh. Just a quick one. Oh, we have time. Do you ever, um, if somebody cuts you off in traffic, do you ever? Sweater? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Usually. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I might. So does she. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it's not about it's not about being a different person. It's about really, it's about being present, being here, and, and seeing what's happening, seeing what's coming and going. You know, and, and at the same time, we also know that somebody cuts you off in traffic. You don't know what is happening with them. You know, we don't know. I mean, yes, they cut us off, and the, and the instant is like we're not saying don't don't have any emotions or feelings, but don't build a whole world around it. Don't create a whole political position around the whole situation. We, we don't really know the causes and conditions that provide us with anything. We just know it's really, really complicated. Some kind of amazing causes and conditions have gotten together to bring about this uh, this group of people in this building where people are here with the idea of training their mind, of trying to see deeply who they are and what, what this world is about and what's going on. There's nothing to believe here. There's no cult going on here. There's no guru talking to you. Thank you very much. We'll stand and dedicate the merit in the back of our chant books and I'd like to remind everybody about the donation boxes in the hallway. Especially in this uh, month of fundraising, we really appreciate everything that has already been donated.